Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight we'll be discussing the technology and tactics behind targeting, activism, shielding, and support. If you are new to the call, please stay on and we will get you support and some additional TalkShoe podcast numbers as well as some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast. My goal is that everyone here will get something useful out of tonight. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments or need support, please email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. Again, that's tiangel2016 at gmail. And as you guys know, we have Dr. Sean Andrews, and he's just prepping his presentation. And what I'm going to do is go ahead and go to Kate Ryan. She has some announcements. So, Kate, can you start eight, and I'll let you in. Kate? Hi, Ella. Hi. Nice to have you on the call. Thank um, you. So Thank you very much. So Kate wants to tell you a little bit about, we're going to be bringing Ed Gillum, the, the retired rocket scientist, back. And he has some very helpful uh, software that can help us um, be able to uh, capture what's going on in our homes. Uh, maybe you can, I think you can explain it a little better than me, Kate. Sure. Um, you know, Ed had used a Audacity program to do some recordings in his home. And um, he was in a situation where he had to go up against um, the condominium complex in court because evidently they thought that he was creating a noise campaign there. So he did recordings, and um, he used Audacity, and he used the information from Audacity to prove his case in court, and he actually won his case. And um, in the past, I would say, a couple of weeks, I've talked to a couple of TIs. Um, they sent me some information about their situation. And, and I thought, you know, in these two situations that were presented to me, I feel very strongly that had they done what Ed had done, they would have solid proof. So um, what I am suggesting is uh, I talked to Ed already. He's willing to come on. Um, I suggested that as many people that are interested in doing this to download the Audacity program. And in addition to that, um, you need, um, rather than a microphone, he said the best thing to do is to get a, a recorder. He had suggested to me to get a Sony recorder, and the one I got was the one he had recommended. I think you can buy it in Walmart, and I believe it's about $50, but it's got a PC link through a USB port, um, and you can download that um, directly into the Audacity program. Uh, what's good about this recorder is it's meant to record, I think, up to eight hours, I believe, 
it may be longer. I, I can't remember at the time. Um, or, or you need, what I should say is you need up to eight hours. I think it records much more than that. Um, so um, there is a couple other parts to the Audacity program that need to be downloaded as well as the, the general program. I just started looking through my notes now. I'm sorry I had gotten a few phone calls, so I didn't get to that. But I will, um, while you're um, talking to Sean, I will look through my notes and let you know so that people can download the extra parts to the Audacity program. And then if people give it a couple of weeks and play with it, um, then we, I think it would be at that point would be best to bring Ed on. He wants people to actually experiment with it a little bit before he comes on. So um, that's pretty much um, what I wanted to to talk about regarding um, a future conference call with Ed. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention was I have had um, some emails and phone calls from people that are a bit confused. They are confusing um, the uh, questionnaire that Sean is doing with the survey that we are working on with Bill, Benny, and Kirk Wibby. Okay, they are not the same thing. So I do want to clarify that for everyone. Um, basically, when we do do the survey, uh, we want to get as many people as we can worldwide to do this, and uh, we will be protecting everybody's identity by giving them a number. Um, and so the survey is, is filled out with a number. We do have a cross-reference if we ever have to, um, um, you know, asking anyone any questions. But we're going to just keep um, one copy of that in, in Bill's, um, you know, possession. Oh, and in addition to that, um, you know, at no time will the name and number be entered into any computerized program that would be online. Um, let's see, wasn't there one other thing? Oh, oh I know, um, Ella. I also wanted to mention the idea that um, Margaret from New Jersey had. And Mar- Margaret had... Um, come up with a letter to write to Trump. She and I were talking a bit because she felt that maybe now's the opportunity for us to, you know, make our voices be heard right before his administration takes over. And um, I thought that she had a very good idea, but I also thought we should expand something and possibly do a a letter from the TI community. And um, in it, we could... Actually, I had suggested we do more than one letter, one for um, politicians, um, Trump and and all the politicians in Washington, as well as local, state, and um, reps and uh, senators. Um, I also think that we could do a separate letter for the medical community and a separate letter for the spiritual community. So each letter would be geared towards each one. So um, I just wanted to throw that out and see maybe we could get a discussion going at some point, find out how many people would be willing to sign a letter like that, 
and possibly in a future conference call, maybe have a letter ready, read it to the community, and see get feedback from people. Um, so that's about it for now. That's great. And where can so if people want to go ahead and download it and kind of test it out and kind of explore it, um, can you give the link one more time? Oh, the um, Audacity. All you have to do is Google Audacity. And there is a free download of the program, okay? Um, and it depends on whether you have it for Windows or for um, your Apple or whatever. Um, you just choose the one and download it. It's a very brief download. It doesn't take much at all. And I will look now for those other two additional parts to the program that he suggested, but it's great because you have a visual readout of any voices. And what he found um, when he was um, having his situation in the condo was he got peaks at certain times. It also can be used, and he found that um, it per- there was periodicity in um, specific events going on that show up in a graph form. So that's where you get your proof. You have your audio recording as well as the graphic printout of it in in the Audacity program. So I'm sure Ed can tell you lots more because he knows the program inside and out. Um, But I've tried it a little bit myself, and I have seen that there is periodicity of specific events at specific times in my home. I hope that's a little helpful for people, but the best thing to do is download it. Just play with it a little bit. Get used to all the different features just by playing with it. it it's not it's pretty user friendly, so um just playing around with it a little bit even before you even do a recording. Um people can get used to the basics and then once they're used to the basics, Ed can really get them much more um up to date as far as its capabilities. Well, thank you for that, Kate. Really appreciate it. And we should definitely uh, have later discussions on these letters that we should compose and get out to him. I agree with that as well. And I think those were the three areas, three topics we're going to discuss. And just again to reiterate to people who are just coming in that um, the questionnaire that Sean's sending out is completely separate than the survey being done um, in the community with Bill and Kate and Kirk. So we just want to make that really clear so there's no confusion. Thank you very much, Ella. Okay, thank you. And we'll, Sean will be ready to go here soon. He's just kind of taking care of some technical issues, and we'll get going here very soon. Okay. While he's working out the technical issues, maybe somebody wants to talk or chime in real quick. I'm going to unmute Southeast Arizona. And I'm going to unmute Oregon. Hi. Oregon in Arizona. Hi. 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 I wanted to say good evening and hello before. Good evening and hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. No complaints. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. And if you guys saw in the announcement that I'm not going to have a call on Thursday due to Thanksgiving activities. Um, and uh, maybe somebody can open another one. You know, if somebody comes on the call and is interested in having one on that day, that's fine as well. 
Uh, just I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to be traveling, and um, so that's what we'll be doing. And I'll be here you know, with other moderators on Saturday. Hi, this is uh, Kathleen Watterson. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Good, how are you doing, Kathleen? Fine. I tried to get on the call last night 20 times, literally. And I know that from my call log. <laughs> they just wouldn't let me get on, you know. Um, yeah, they're just, you know, doing everything possible. I literally now I have to wear a backpack around with my computer in it. <laughs> you know. Um, I just want to remind everybody that on the 5th this year in California, that in Joshua Tree at 8 o'clock, the Joshua Tree Courthouse, that we're going to court, and we've got, I've got affidavits, I've got witnesses. Come to find out, the people behind me are really getting it too. Now, we don't know if he's going after him, them specifically, or if it's just an overflow for me, right? But I was over at their house, and I could really feel it. And so... Yeah, and so that that's just, and I have affidavits from them already. But the problem is she's really sick already. She doesn't need that. So, yeah, the, the, there's no way they can get out of this. So we'll have something on the record. And so it's coming out everywhere. You know, we just have to hang in there. And, and you know, I'd be lying if, if I said that they didn't try, haven't tried everything known to man you know, uh, and aren't making my life just miserable. But you know what? You just expect it. Yeah. It's like I'm used to it. <laughs> you know, that's what he said, but it's the truth. <laughs> that's just, great, Kathleen. That's really great what you're doing. I yeah, well, it's not just me. But, I, you know, I promise you that I'd email you. I've just been so, like I said, they just keep you so busy. I can't do the things I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? And and so um, they just they just keep you so busy cleaning everything up, you know, um, you know for the, like like my water bill is real high. They did you know it's running everything, you know, just stuff all the time, right? You have to have people out, anything so you'll spend your money and your time. Um, but I did have a question. Um, do you think if I join Freedom that that would be okay with Derek? Because I don't want to spend the money if 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 not. I, well, I don't know if Freedom is even in, in business anymore. It's a, yeah, I don't know if they are, too, from what I understand. Um, I don't mean Freedom. I mean PAX. PAX. Oh, PAX. oh uh, that's, yeah. I'm sure Dirk would be happy about that. But, yeah, I'm sure uh, he would be. Yeah. Okay, well, the, I didn't know because I just have had a hard time. Every time I try to get with him, you know what I mean, they just won't let me. Yeah, and, that's the problem. And, and so I'm Mm-hmm. So that's what I want. I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to email him then and um, do it from my phone, and you know, I mean, just like, or not, or I can have a friend. I do it from a friend's computer or the library. I don't know if you guys know. Y'all know about the library, right? So you can go there free and use their computers. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's years and years of it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier, you know. And, like, right now I'm talking to you one more time from Walmart because from my house, they just, there's so much interference. So, but anyway, I'll let you go. I just remember the fifth, anybody in California, we need to show our numbers. We need to show how big this is, you know, and, 
and I, I tell you, I haven't looked it up yet, but that when you told me about last week, that that is so fantastic. And the fact that he's a doctor and got put away, that's pretty good too. What was that? Um, um, Ella was telling us last week about um, a family of three who got put away for life because this is torture. Now, I don't know if that was there. I I haven't looked it up yet. But for torture. So people are getting indicted and prosecuted now. It's fantastic. It's so hopeful. Well, I want to reiterate or back you up on the fact that, you know, some of the people who have been following me a long time, they don't look so good anymore. I mean, there's a couple of people I can think of right now whose whose faces I've seen, uh, they look very unhappy. They look like they're getting sick. Some of them look like they have, you know, they're run down, they're toxic, you know, the skin is gray, they're tired. So, um, you know, like you said, we're not the only ones who are suffering in this purpose. They're getting it too. Exactly. They're doing yeah. it to themselves. They don't realize it. It's know just, it. You know, it's oh, just Lord. exactly. Oh, they, they, it's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. But here's the beauty. We are clawing our way to victory. Yeah. And and since 37% of... of, um, of TIs are in California. That's why I'm just trying to get everybody. And I've got a bunch of numbers. It's just that, like I said, I tried to call last night and he wouldn't let me call anybody. I had a big list of people I was going to hustle around and say, oh, hey, come on. <laughs> he wouldn't let me call anybody. So, oh, well. Well, um, um, just for Ella and everybody, um, can you give out the the dates and times where you're yes, having that please. Court? Yes, yeah. Yes, I'd be more than happy. Um, it's um, and it's Kathleen Watterson, VSRO, at the Joshua Tree Courthouse. And let me tell you, what's so fantastic about that is that I got the greatest um, ruling from the judge. He said he's convinced. He's totally satisfied. He said twice he has no doubt. He said um, he called Arrow stubborn twice and said it's atrocious. It doesn't get much better than that. And what date do you want people to show it, up? It's it's twelve five, so that's not this not it's like a week not next Monday to Monday after. Right. So, in California. Yeah. So. Joshua Tree, California, the Joshua Tree Courthouse. And what's so great about it, there's only three judges in that whole courthouse, right? So, first of all, they're going to talk to that judge, and they're not going to go against another judge's ruling. They're just not, they don't do that. You know, they all back each other up that way. It's kind of like the blue wall, you know. So, it's pretty exciting, but it's just getting people, and I haven't, I haven't done as good a job as I did last time because I haven't been able to, you know, just to put it bluntly. Um, so, because they're more prepared. But I t- here's why it's really important. He will have support. So, um, we'll still win, but it'd just be great for the. I want them to see how many there are of us. You know? It's, it's, so, it's, okay, that's December 5th at what time? 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 a.m. Okay, everybody. Yeah, and if you have to, you can always spend the night on my floor or whatever. 
I'd rather not because I want to be up for it, but I'm 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 so positive that it doesn't matter, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, eight AM M four M four. There's only like four courtrooms in the whole place. And um so we're gonna win. We're gonna win. And if we don't win, there's something very, very wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, and it's hope like, you guys, I really hope you have a great um turnout and I really hope you guys succeed and I hope you win. Yeah, well case. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of Derek and pay my dues and uh email him and see if I can't get him to send out a special newsletter or a special yeah. email. Yeah. So that would help. But otherwise you can keep coming on my calls and announcing it. Briefly. I know, but that's only one more week, see what I mean? No, that's the, the week after, well, next week, yes, but the week after that will be the day. <laughs> it goes fast. So anyway, thanks for being there, Ella. You're doing a great job. Thanks. I'm trying hard. Thank you. You're quite Okay, so Sean, do you want to try it one more time? Sean, he might still be working it out. Are you able to hear me, Sean? Um, I can now. Okay, great. But I still have no audio. Hmm. I can't really do this audio. <sighs> Just need to uh, maybe give me like three, four minutes. I'm trying my best here. I, uh, no I totally reconfigured my entire mixer board, and I still can't figure out how to interface the uh, talk shoe with my mixer. Be the work of the perps. Well, I think uh, I don't think it's a perps this time. I think it's my incompetence. Okay, <laughs> do you say so? But I doubt well, it. Does he want to record on his own computer? Is that what he's trying to do? I'm trying to play clips on talk shoe. Um, oh, well, having okay. while having my headset on and my mic, but um, I can't figure out how to do that. Who knows about these things? No, it's really hard. Um, I've tried to play music and clips it. It always gets garbled. Um, on talk show, hmm. even if you have a direct. Even if you have a really clear recording and you use your mic and everything, it just comes out blah, 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 blah. And oh, so, and you were, you were bringing up about Audacity before? Yeah, I used yeah, that. You mm-hmm. do, yeah. Ed's, Ed really likes to use that, just trying, wants to educate people on how to use that for themselves. Yeah. So he's a very helpful man. He's really great. I'm going to go ahead and unmute California. California, you're unmuted. Do you want to join the conversation for a few minutes? 
Um, I just wanted to ask the the lady Kathleen um, her phone number so I could talk to her because she's close to me. You know what? Why don't you just um, text or call me tomorrow and I'll, I'll give it to you. I have her number. Okay. Thanks, Ella. You're welcome. So um, I had some uh, comments the other day that were on my thing, and I wanted to just say that, no, I'm not a communist. My family, they were Swedish, which are socialists, and they actually came to America to pursue capitalism, but still had socialistic values as far as community goes. And no, Kirk and Bill Binney are not in on it, and we're not three agents trying to take down the TI community. That's an untruth as well. And number three, David Voigt really did walk halfway across America, and plenty of people met him on the road. And I had people on this call, on the call to prove it, and they are not actors or paid for to come in and pretend like they met him. So I just want to say that I get really kind of, yeah, I'm a communist, you see. <laughs> you one of them communists. I'm a commie. <laughs> And we're sure that Bill Binney, the man that was the whistleblower for um at the NSA is not not he's not trying to take us for a ride. Well, he only took on the American government. Exactly. <laughs> he only yeah, he's gonna turn on the American government <laughs> and is probably one of the most upstanding human beings that's ever existed in America. Exactly. Him and Abe Lincoln and Kennedy, those people right there. <laughs> Those are three of the noblest men in American history. So that's yeah, but you just never know, oh, do you? Just <laughs> never know. Yeah, never know. He's going to take down the community. <laughs> that poor little man. He is so sweet and so no. kind of gentle. You know? <laughs> no, and he's so amazing. I mean, there's a movie. The, the movie coming out about him is called The Good American. Right, not- right. That's one of our best things, I think. This guy's going to be famous. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Linda, it gave us all a little wake-up call. Hi, Ella, Linda. can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Hi. Um, how far did Dave Boyd get, and is he still walking? No, he lost another relative, a cousin who OD'd, um, and he was going to start um, last week, and the day before he got a message that his cousin passed away, and it's posted on Facebook. There's, um, you know, some information about her and about her family, and so he's taking a little break. He's probably going to get a part-time job and try to fund it himself, or he is going to, um, um, you know, maybe try to raise a little bit more money so he can continue on in maybe February or March. But at this point, with all the stuff going on in his family, we're going into, like, the really hard cold winter months going over the Rockies. So he just doesn't, you know, he's just thinking. All right. Be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, my heart goes out to him. family. What was that dental plan you talked about? What? You talked about a, a dental plan or insurance. Instrument? Uh, I'm having a hard time hearing you very clearly. Oh, um, a dental plan? A dental plan? A dental plan. I don't know anything about yeah. that. I know oh, that. Oh, I thought you talked about insurance or 
challenge dental or for us? And yeah. you mean for us? Yeah. Hmm. I thought you had said something like that. Um, maybe I misunderstood what you were talking about. Well, the ultrasonics, that's the first thing that happens. <clears throat> you know, with ultrasonics, it, what I think the majority of this is, and it hits the hardest tissue, and then it bounces off and starts reverberating dissolving the cells or something. I, I, I come up with a new theory every week, but I think mm. it is ultrasonics. And uh, it's a long way. They, they make it into a hammer, and it just, anything hard, it vibrates and knocks stuff off. And, but that's how they can follow you, too, because the, the weapon part of it is also the aiming part of it. It's it's all one size fits all. It it'll, It seems to follow you where you go. One second, Don. Um, there's a um, there is someone in the chat, Ant. He wants to know what you're using to call in with. He's trying to troubleshoot for you. My mine. That's not my, my background noise. That's somebody else. No, I'm talking it's to Sean. Oh, I'm oh. trying to inquire to Sean. Oh, the question Wait. in the chat: um, What he's using to call in. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm using uh, Google Hangouts, uh, or it used to be called Google Voice, to call in. That's about that. Yeah, so Google Hangouts is what he's using. If anyone can figure out, I'm sure he could. But if we can hear Sean, what's the problem? I can't get my mixer board to interface with um, the TalkShoe web client. Oh, and I need to play. Um, a lot of my talk is uh, our clips, so yeah, he's without checking the ability in. to play. hold on, he's going to try and get you some info. Okay. Yeah, I'm just lost audio. You just lost the audio. I don't know. Maybe they just lost audio. Who knows? Hmm. It all worked out here. You know, I didn't know Melinda Fee was like a famous actress. Oh, yeah. Very much so. She was in movies yeah. and soap opera. Yeah, she mm -hmm. was. Oh. I just accidentally came across her on YouTube. I was like, oh, my God. She was talking about star whacking and Targeting has no uh, boundaries, apparently. It's kind of like alcoholism. You could be rich, poor, white, doesn't matter your race, your religion, your ethnicity, and your age, anything. Your demographics are just a very mixed bunch of people. Oh, no. I, I think it's mostly not hitting rich people. You'd be surprised. You know, there's people with money that um, they don't come on to talk to and talk about it, but, you know, I think it's, Hold on, let's see. Are you talking about alcoholism? No, I'm talking about yeah. targetism. Targetism. Oh, <laughs> targetism, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do any of you guys know why you're targeted? I think I do. I think I do. What's, 
what what is it? What what is it? Um, um my disease has um uh, here we are echoing again. Um, white hat hackers um, the unseen component. Oh that could be his thing, it's working. Could be shown. I'll tell you later in. Says, um, hey, um, Sean. Yes. Says you gotta click the star in the top right-hand corner. And then it said, then he says, then under microphone, set it to the stereo mix. have those options because I'm using a USB microphone and a USB mixer. It's a little complicated on my on my end. I'm trying something else. Uh, this is my, my last hurrah. It's sort of simplifying everything. I'm hoping it'll work. So just a couple more minutes. Sorry. That's okay. No worries. Just appreciate your information. <laughs> Does anybody know how Joe is doing, Joe Dixon? No, I don't know. I mean, I communicated him with him briefly a few months ago, and then he just kind of disappeared. Um, I know Lonnie, I thought Lonnie knew something about him, but um, she always keeps up to date with him. But he just kind of, um, I don't know. Yeah, so people don't really know. Linda might know. Yeah, because I was thinking that, you know, since his mother died, since he was at odds with his family, even though he seemed like it's impossible to get somebody nicer than Joe um, yeah. in regards to his family, um, they might be fighting him over stuff. Um, I he and I talked on on Facebook, and we talked about the same thing. Ellen, it was about two months ago, or maybe three months ago, and um, but we haven't talked since. I think. I don't think he, I think he's having a hard time. In what regard? Just targeting, you know. um, Four Four Noble Truth stated that Joe Dixon no no longer has internet connection. Not sure about a phone either. Oh. I I had money. I would sure send him some. Well, you know, me and a couple other people kind of helped him out and got his bills paid. I don't know. And then... he never came back on us. I'm not sure what happened. It might be worse than you think. Yeah, of course. Financial distress, living on plasma donations. Hmm. Accepting donations, let me get mailing address. Yeah, we can't let anything happen to him. He's too good. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know he was in this situation. Well, he's pretty close to Derek, isn't he? Is Derek kind of keeping track? Oh, you mean close. Yes. Yes. I thought you meant literally. But no, they're good friends. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that would be good. 
we should ask Derek how he is. I think. Yeah, for sure. So is Derek going to come on this next Monday? We could ask him. I'm sure he will be there Monday. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't a have a a webinar thing. I don't know if he has a webinar, but I'm sure he'll be on either through the call or the webinar. And I can send him a text tomorrow and say, Derek, look into Joe. You know, we'd like to hear about him, see what's going on. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do it right now since we're waiting. You know that yeah. rule: if you can do it within, a, if you if you if you need to do something, you can do it. In, and if you can do it under two minutes, just do it right then. That's one of the best rules I ever learned. Uh-huh. What was that? If you need, it's it's in like the habits of highly effective people or most productive people. Uh-huh. And the rule is, if someone, if you need to do something and you can do uh-huh. it under a two-minute duration, just do it right then and there, that moment. Otherwise, you'll forget it. I thought that was such a great thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. I know, I like it. But I've got so much <laughs> that I have to do. <laughs> it'll, it'll take me the next 38 two-minute two minute periods, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, you know, I wonder, maybe he can't stay in his mom's house anymore and his family will just take it from him. Or sell it. Okay, so the information we have is please send check or money order to, and it's in there, it's in the um, chat, and it's, it's Joe Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, 5201 Cowden Street, E-O-W-D-E-N is in Nancy Street, Sanson Park, Texas, and Sanson is S is in Sam, A, N is in Nancy, S is in Sam, O, N is in Nancy, and then Park, and then Texas, the state, 76114. Good. Okay, it says, Joe Dixon thanks all who have donated so far. Derek sent out an email asking for assistance on for third. Bless his heart. Yeah. West Washington State, I unmuted you. Jersey, you're unmuted. I wanted to say something. I uh, just saw a really amazing presentation about that Robert Duncan gave. It was it's recent, and it was posted on 1117, which is just a few days ago. And it's called DARPA Insider Says Scientist on Verge of Cataclysmic Distru- Discovery. Okay, and that's what the title of the video is. And um, But he talks about, um, and it sounds, and I, I, I know everybody's always guessing about who and what, about how they are trying to link people in groups of six. And any more than that, people start having um, schizophrenic things. And I think what he's talking about is they're aiming this thing at you and it's causing you to hear the voices. I don't know, but it was fascinating. It's a, a long listen. It's almost an hour. But it's Robert Duncan, who is the DARPA insider. And cool. Thank you. I'm going to have to look into that. I'd like to see that. Uh-oh. You don't hear much from him. You really don't hear much from him. And I think I beg him once a week to come on, but I don't get a response. Uh, anyways, it's a fabulous listen to, if anybody okay. wants to, to listen to. So <laughs> thanks, Elma, for letting me talk. You know what? Thanks for sharing that. I want to give it a listen tomorrow myself. I think his information is very valuable. I really do. What was the name of that again? Robert Duncan and DARPA or something. It's 
That's the name. That's the keyword you typed in. A, was it YouTube? I assume. Maybe she'll come back on and give us. A, you know, I didn't remember precisely what she said either. Ah. Uh. <laughs> We're such an attentive group. I, I didn't someone have a question. I, I had a strange person at my door. Um, I was going to. Did someone have a question about that information? Yeah, we just wanted to hear what the title of that film was. Okay, it's it's called DARPA Insider. It says scientists on verge of cataclysmic discovery, and it's a recent uh, uh, like a lecture by Robert Duncan. He's and it's on Insider. YouTube. Yeah, and the channel is the UFO Agenda 2016. This has nothing to do with UFOs, though. This strictly talks about this technology. But the name of the channel that it is is UFO Agenda 2016, and it's it's new information. I've read all, all I've read all of his books. I have bought all of his books, of the Soul Petra books, and um, so this is new information outside of those books. And he talked about recent tests where they got a, a mouse and a monkey to join their brain waves and what happened. And 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 he thinks his his thinking is it's not just in the lab, they're doing this on people. In fact he thinks they're doing it all over America. And all of the 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 things that they were describing that were happening to the monkey and between the monkey and the mouse, I feel like is happening to me. Like they described some of the biological things that were happening. Like like what? Be more specific. Like, um, like when one of them went into sleep, it affected yeah. the other one. And so sometimes I get super tired for no reason. I'm just wondering, geez, if I, if six uh, six other people and this, I have a lot of problems with like speaking now. My like aphasia going on, um, like uh, try like stuttering almost, and I never had that before. And I don't seem to have some of the. Sometimes I over-talk. Or just, it is a targeted, you know what I mean? It's just like things, you know, and I feel like I'm being electrified, and that can be part of it. So, um, yeah. But you don't so know they who, have fre- who They have frequencies that can put you to sleep. They have frequencies that can interfere with your speech pattern. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of possibilities. You have to do process of elimination because, you know, start with frequencies. Then you can go to heterodyning, which is, you know, where they, you know, blend the thoughts of different people. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. You guys are so knowledgeable. I'm so glad I found some group that knows, you know, as much as you do because it's it's helped me tremendously. And for a while I was kind of out in, you know, thinking I had an illness because that's what, you know, your family will tell. Well, I think you're ill, you know. So. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. The yeah. weirdest thing well, I happened I had happened once is for a whole week I was a, a, a vegetarian. I eat meat. I would look at meat. I, I I felt like I was a vegetarian. I couldn't eat meat. I couldn't even look at meat. I couldn't even be around cooked meat. It was like my whole dietary thing for it, it could have been two weeks. Totally dying, and then it came back. Yeah, I've had cravings of sugar, but I think part of that is because um, accelerated brain activity burns up more glucose, and I think they've got me on that kind of thing where I'm, I'm burning up more carbohydrates and glucose in my brain. So but like have, yours was a kind of a, a physical, I don't know how to explain this, I felt like a vegetarian was in my body. Yeah, 
Wow. That, that could happen. Was, that could was, happen. I've had a lot of weird things, but that was the longest-lasting, weirdest thing that's happened so far. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, and you know, do you have any stuff. idea who you might be interfaced with? Any person that you have an inkling or just you have no idea? I don't. Spooky. Was that, Anne? Spooky. Um, yeah, I think you guys have a very logical approach to this because there's a lot of TIs that I've seen, I haven't really interfaced with them or talked to them that much, and they are really thinking things like um, that are way off. You know, they don't think, they're they're not even realizing it's actually real technology that's being used on them. So it's weird because even in the targeted community, a lot of people don't realize this is actual technology, and I don't get right. that part. They don't seem blind to it. And I think that's some sort of frequency they're sending to them. Um, so yeah. I just want to throw that in. Yeah, that's that's the approach I try to take is, you know, science, chemistry, physics, you know, and start from there. What we do, all of our hardware take. What? Oh, that, must be, that must be his board. That's Sean's um, key. Well, it's just not going to sound. I can play through my speakers through the microphone, but it's not going to sound right. Um, it's going to sound perfect. That's okay. So, a lot of people do. Um, they will feed things in through uh, to talk you through a speaker. You know, just so you know, I mean, it may not be the ideal situation, but it works. <laughs> All right. Um, sure. Let's try that. I guess. So, I have a compilation of uh, of video clips. Uh, we're supposed to cover sort of the universe of hacking. There's a lot to cover. Um, I was a hacker many, many years ago, about 18 years ago, and um, things have changed quite a bit. So rather than tell you what's not so much relevant anymore, I figured that I would tell you what is relevant, what, what you would care about the most. So I went through, and I cannot do a better job than these people. I selected a series of videos that um, really well describe um, the state of events, state of hacking today. Um, so we're going to talk about um, uh, Tom Drake. We're going to talk about Snowden. We're going to give you a very brief history of hacking. Uh, and we're going to have to cut it short, but uh, I hope in the future to talk about what's called the Internet of Things. So there's everything from your Fitbit watch to uh, your smart thermostat on the wall uh, to your smart scale, anything essentially that has an interface or has the ability to touch you, some, some, some sort of sensor, has some sort of sensor and can then communicate with either the Internet or another device in your home. So that will save for a different discussion. but. Um, if you guys can still hear me, then I'm going to try to just to stream this right to the microphone and um, get started here. All right. Can you hear that? Yes, that sounds great, actually. Um, the computer hacker group Anonymous is 
claiming tonight that it took down the website of the Federal Appeals Court in San Francisco this afternoon. They took down Senate.gov servers. They've taken down H.P. Gary. Sony's claiming they did $150 million worth of damage. So many confidential files because of these hackers can be in the hands of anyone. Visa, MasterCard, the PayPal situation. The criminals who hacked into Sarah Palin's private email. The church in Scientology says Anonymous is a cyber terrorist group of religious bigots. Anonymous and this other group called a low sex. They seem to be wanting to prove a point. Anonymous kind of was like the big strong buff kid who had low self-esteem. And then all of a sudden, punched somebody in the face and was like, holy shit, I'm really strong. And Anonymous calls itself the final boss of the answer. And sometimes it proves to be really fucking true. You are going to violate the freedoms of the internet. You certainly better watch the fuck out. They are kind of the rude boys of activism. There's a real rough edge to them, which I think also is one reason why they garner so much love and hate from people, too. They represent a certain sort of chaotic freedom. Individual, young, nameless, faceless folks are having geopolitical impacts. I mean, it's, it's, it's both exhilarating to realize that and terrifying to realize that. It kind of depends on how that power is wielded.
Bob Dylan had a line in a song saying, to live outside the law, you must be honest. They might do something which is technically correct. Maybe it's not legally correct, but they're doing it for purposes that in their minds, at least, are ethical. People who know what they're doing, who share an ethos, who have a commitment to exposing and humiliating the man, who have a very low tolerance of um, lies and uh, what they perceive as uh, evil on the part of overweening power structures. They share information, they share tools and techniques, and they uh, are currently having a very good time. The hacker culture, as we know it, uh, really sprang from one place. It, it was MIT, and it was uh, uh, specifically the people in the uh, Model Railroad Club, the Tech Model Railroad Club. Hacking originated as humorous pranks. When the guys at MIT put a Volkswagen up on top of the dome of the building, uh, and people woke up and saw the car up there in the morning, uh, or they uh, measured a bridge by the body lengths of somebody, I would say his name was Brian, and discovered the bridge over the Charles River was, you know, 822 Brian's. Uh, these are funny things. That's where hacking originated and migrated into engineering and uh, computer communities. Uh, it's witty. It's pranks. I'm Chris Weissopel, former member of The Loft. We don't necessarily say hacking group because it makes it sound like we're hacking, so we used to call it a hacker's think tank. Hacktivism was a term coined by a group called Cult of the Dead Cow. The Cult of the Dead Cow was really kind of um, a, sort of like a propaganda type of organization. They had a guy who was the minister of propaganda. They're kind of merry pranksters. Like everything they did was completely over the top. One of the guys there coined the term hacktivism because he saw what his, one of the things his group was doing, which he called hacktivism, was writing software that people in other countries could use to communicate securely, even if their government was spying on them. So the principle was really, it was freedom of expression. It was everyone should have access to the internet. Everyone should be able to communicate and get their message out on the internet. Even more important in countries where there was repressive regimes, that if you said something against the regime, they would come and take you away and you weren't saying it anymore. Just like in, you know, in, act, in traditional activism, it spans the full gamut from sit-ins or, or, or pickets to actually spiking trees and pouring sand in you know, the engines of construction vehicles. I mean, there's real sabotage. The same thing does all fall under the, the hacktivism label. There is a spectrum. There's sometimes a strong anarchist uh, flavor to it as well. Uh, it's resistance to authority and those who would impose groupthink and group behavior uh, on people, which... Uh, was rightly perceived to be a, a consequence of the digital revolution as it was used by people in power to do hacking on behalf of righteousness and to redress the grievances of the world. Lance lowered Don Quixote on his horse, uh, nag though she was, uh, flying at, at the windmills of, of uh, modern life. capability to penetrate digital communications. Others, a mass unit called tailored access operations. I don't need mass surveillance. I need you to break into the bad guy's computer. Their mission is to get the ungettable. If you want to hack into systems lawfully, the only game in town is the government. Their targets are secret. They are very important at actually tracking down people who are then 
subsequently killed, and there's almost nothing they can't hack. The National Security Agency is one of the world's largest intelligence agencies. Headquartered in Fort Meade, Maryland, the NSA's mandate is to collect foreign intelligence. After 9-11, George W. Bush authorized the NSA to collect even more, including American communications to and from foreign targets. Good morning. This is a highly classified program that is crucial to our national security. This program shocked an NSA senior executive named Thomas Drake. Drake is a decorated veteran who blew the whistle on NSA's activities to the press. He barely escaped 35 years in jail after being charged under the Espionage Act, a law first written in 1917. Right. Uh, yeah. The National Security Agency is focused on foreign intelligence. It was formed in 1952. People don't realize it was not formed by an act of Congress. It was literally si signed uh, into existence by the stroke of a secret presidential pen. In fact, the joke was it was no such agency or never say anything. You never even reference the actual name. People who used to work there, oh, I worked at DOD. Now I accelerate forward. Internet explodes. You have this rapid transition from analog to digital, and the explosion of data became exponential. What do you think is the easiest way to deal with it? Just suck it all. But what happened after 9-11? Was it NSA should do better? Here's where you have culture and secret meeting itself, realizing it failed but can't admit it failed. It had not prevented the next Pearl Harbor. And now NSA is literally unleashed. It's unleashed on an extraordinary scale, a scale we have never seen in U.S. history or the world. All means necessary to confront the threat. Who cares about the Constitution? Who cares about law? Who cares about the rights of U.S. persons? Hey, if you've done nothing wrong, I even heard this. Then you should, it should matter. And the mantra was, just get the data. Collect it all so we can know it all. Collect it all so we can know it all. That's Tom Drake talking. Drake inspired another NSA worker to sound the alarm. This afternoon, the Guardian newspapers revealed the name of their source. In 2013, Edward Snowden leaked tens of thousands of classified NSA documents. The first to get published was a secret court order forcing Verizon to fork over the call data of millions of U.S. customers. The next big leak was a PowerPoint presentation about a program called PRISM.
The NSA boasted that PRISM gave them direct access to emails, video chats, and more from some of America's biggest tech companies. The media was obsessed with Snowden and the leaks, but few people noticed information hidden in the documents about a top-secret NSA unit called TAO, or Tailored Access Operations, until the German magazine Der Spiegel revealed more about it than ever before. Jörg Schindler is the magazine's award-winning national security reporter. Yeah, I kind of call them the highly skilled plumbers of the NSA who are able to, to get into every sort of pipe. What they are doing is getting the ungettable. They're like the special forces of the NSA, essentially. Yeah, special hacker force. I mean, the whole NSA is a special force. Uh, but, but those are the, the highly skilled handymen who, who create a certain kind of tools um, to, to infiltrate, manipulate, and sabotage every kind of digital device you might think of. What's the relationship between tailored access operations by the NSA and their mass surveillance? I mean, to explain it easily, uh, I would say that mass surveillance is like uh, going into the, to the ocean with a huge fishing net and to, to draw everything out with whatever you, you, you find. And uh, what, what the tailored access operation units are doing is like using the harpoon to find special targets and the, the fishes they really need. So that, that might be the, the difference. So that it's like uh, going hand in hand. And TAO is pretty good at it. They're extremely good at it, yes. <laughs> the Snowden leaks revealed more about tailored access operations, but a lot is still unknown. I wanted to talk to someone who knows the NSA from the inside. An Air Force veteran and former NSA exec named John Harbaugh. Oh, John it's Harbaugh. Me. It's me, John. Please come in. See this flight. Route 9B. Yeah. <laughs> why, why that name, by the way? So, Route is system level access. 9B is hexadecimal for 911. Ah. So, it's a, it's a nod to the fact that the next 9-11 uh, event is most likely going to be cyber-related. Route 9B, which has defense contracts, aims to hunt and pursue adversaries inside a client's network. This is where we do all of our hunt operations, what we call it, for our clients. So what, what this is showing you is, is what the operator sees while they're doing their op, right? So there'll be windows of time where they're actually active inside the client's network pursuing the adversary. And this was really driven by our experiences in the government. Does it look like this in Fort Meade? This is better. <laughs> in your bio, it says something like you were the director of a super elite cyber <laughs> operation unit. Yeah. So basically what, what that's about is what we've tried to recreate here. So my time inside the organization, I had the pleasure and the, and, and the fortune to be asked to run a team of about eight individuals. And that team was focused on the most challenging problems in cyber. Was that tailored access operations? 
so so you know there is there, there is elements of that space right because right if you're in cyber and you do all of cyber then you're doing all of those types of things. and so the bosses could come in and say we have a significant national event i need you guys to be able to do this in the next 12 hours i could walk into that space and say hey guys i need five minutes i would give them what we would call the op order. This is what we need to achieve. We need we need to achieve in the next 12, 24, 48 hours. And I could walk away. And I knew, I knew when I came back, no matter what time of day, how long they were working on it, they would get it done. And it was it was that kind of again, it was that kind of teamwork. Teamwork that really drew people. And it's a very similar thing to the special ops community. And it does sound like a a military chain of command. Yeah, I mean NSA is a very military organization. To build a team like TAO, the NSA has to hire highly skilled hackers. So how does it headhunt them? To find out, I asked Chris Goyan. He's a privacy activist with the American Civil Liberties Union. Who are they? And where where's the NSA recruiting from? The government wants people who can get their security clearance more so than ever particularly you know after snowden and after uh, uh chelsea manning they want people who who they know are are going to play by the rules they want people who cannot easily be blackmailed so i think you know nsa tries to recruit the best and brightest from computer science programs around the country and in particular computer security programs like carnegie mellon that have probably the most sophisticated offensive cybersecurity programs in academia in the United States and their students are, are heavily recruited both by NSA but also you know by Silicon Valley. They're competing for the same people. They're competing for the same people and the problem that NSA has is they can't pay the same kind of money. Right? They're not going to be able to offer the smoothies and massages and, and sort of perks of life that Google and Facebook can. So they have something that those companies don't. What they have is a monopoly on violence, right? In the same way that if you want to like repel out of helicopters and shoot people in the head, you want to you go join the special forces. If you want to hack into systems lawfully, the only game in town is the government. And in in many other walks of life, you would be you would be a criminal, you would be a stalker, you'd be a bad person. But when you go to NSA. Suddenly, you get to wrap yourself in the flag and do it for king and country. If TAO can legally do things no one else can, who are they hacking and why? Not much is known about who tailored access operations hacks. The Snowden leaks revealed one major target, Osama bin Laden. TAO hacked into the mobile phones of al-Qaeda operatives in the hunt for bin Laden, as reported by the Washington Post. The unit's work also led to the capture of 40 insurgents in Afghanistan. Ryan Gallagher is an investigative reporter at The Intercept, where he has covered the role of surveillance in the ongoing war on terror. How did TAO and how does TAO fit into the war on terror? 
Well, they are very important. I mean, people don't necessarily think of surveillance even as a, as a thing being integral to what the military is doing on the ground, but it is. It's absolutely vital. What the tailored access guys are doing, for instance, is because they're so skilled at actually, you know, breaking into systems and going after like what they would refer to as hard targets, people who are elusive or, you know, skilled at, at like dodging surveillance, they are very important at actually tracking down people who are then subsequently killed or captured in past years probably rendered and um, through the um, the Black Sites program that was going on through the Bush administration. So they're very um, entwined with these physical kind of kinetic, they call it, operations on the ground. So they're basically the commandos of the NSA? You could put it like that, yeah. I mean, they're kind of, it's maybe sort of glorifying them a little bit, but I mean, the sense of these guys are just sort of like geeky nerds, but they do kind of do that sort of commando type role. They're facilitating um, military operations on the ground by hacking into targets. They're actually directly, you know, able to track people who are then like killed and say a drone strike. So what they do, yeah, it's, it is like kind of commando work, but they are also, um, you know, providing assistance on the ground to real commando types who are out there trying to kill people. In the hunt for bin Laden, TAO reportedly used what the unit calls implants, spy devices installed in mobile phones or other hardware. Implants are just some of the tools that appear in a leaked document called the Ant Catalog, which lists other spy gear at TAO's disposal. Security researchers Michael Osman, Joe Fitzpatrick, and Dean Pierce decided to build some of these spy tools themselves. The media kind of saw it and reported on bits and pieces of it and said, oh, look at this thing, this is magic. And I think all of us looked at it and said, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah, I know how to do that. Joe recreated a graphics card that can see what's running on a computer's active memory. And Dean rigged a phone so it picks up the mobile traffic in the area. Mike reproduced Rage Master a tiny chip implanted in a computer video cable to reflect information by a radar. When this is installed, I can point one antenna at it, and that's transmitting a signal. And then my other antenna is also pointed at it, and it's receiving reflection. By measuring that reflection, I can, on my laptop, recover information that's going over the cable. And what I get is a video image, a screen image uh, from the target computer system. And it, this is an example of something where an implant is required. Getting an implant into a piece of hardware, like a video cable, requires physical access. But planting bugs into terrorist cell phones isn't the only thing TAO does. Some of their activities jeopardize internet security at large. 
One Snowden leak shows how PAO found a vulnerability, a software bug, in Mozilla Firefox. PAO used the bug to try to identify some users also running an anonymizing software called Tor. Not only did TAO need to be able to monitor and hijack internet traffic to pull off its attack, but hundreds of millions of Firefox users were left vulnerable to the software bug, which has since been patched. Claudia? Hacker Claudio Guarnieri has helped expose TAO's activities. I met him in an old Stasi surveillance tower that still stands in what used to be Soviet-controlled East Berlin. Along with the master surveillance and bulk collection capability of the NSA, he was uh, empowered by some of the break-ins that TAO is able to do. For example, they would ask um, TAO to break into some core uh, parts of the, of the internet infrastructure, of the whole global backbone. You know, from, from an internet structure perspective, when you connect from Germany to Google, you move through a number of hops, 10 or 15 nodes that relay your message from Berlin to, you know, Hamburg and Frankfurt and then to, who knows, Netherlands, wherever the cables are. If the NSA is able to break into any one of these points, then they're able to see you uh, communicating with Google when they're able to observe that, they're also able to hijack it. So pretend like you're getting a response from Google, while instead you're getting a response from the NSA. None of this comes cheap. Claudio and I went inside to look through a Snowden leak known as the Black Budget. The NSA spends more than $600 million a year for just the kind of offensive hacks TAO conducts. Yeah, this is what it's being called the black budget and the trend that we see is that you know again the balance between how much is invested in breaking things and how much is invested in protecting things is uneven um, you know part of the mandate of intelligence services is to keep the country secure at the same time from a technological perspective they're undermining the security of the country and like you said we all use the exact same internet once it's broken for one, it's broken for all. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is it worth it to break something and keep it broken for catching one or two terrorists that you probably could catch otherwise? Breaking into the internet or hacking into phones might make us all less secure. So is CEO's hacking really all that targeted? To find out more about who TAO targets, I met up with Robert M. Lee. He'd been out of the military for only a week. He was an Air Force cyber officer and also worked for an intelligence agency. He won't confirm or deny that's the NSA. How did you get into being a hacker? So, the Air Force has a wonderful program where it volunteers you to do shit. And uh, I joined the Air Force, said, here I am, Lord, what would you like me to do? And they said, go be a cyber guy. So, if you were to take Snowden's slides completely seriously, you'd think that it's all
master Alan. I actually, for the first time, ended up seeing slides that I had actually seen before in real life. I was like, holy shit, like, I've seen these ones. But once you bring something into the intelligence community, you don't delete files, like everything's stored. And so there was some files that like get translated out, like they're truth and they were just remnants of product pitches or something like that. And so I think that you can't take all the slides seriously. We also know that there is something called TAO mm-hmm. in, in the NSA. What What is that team? Like, what, what do they do? Yeah, so I think uh, when you look at GAO, it's actually the thing that I think most of the community should be cool with, right? So I'm, I'm actually a huge privacy advocate. I hate it. And ironically enough, I hate the idea of any sort of mass surveillance. From a perspective of TAO or whoever would be breaking into those networks, that's targeted, retained intelligence. And so privacy advocates should actually enjoy that. They should say, hey, uh, mass surveillance sucks. We need more targeted surveillance. We need more targeted. If you're going to do intelligence, do the kind that you put resources into and have to think about and have to prioritize your own efforts. It's not going to be some dissident or accidentally picking up somebody else's communication. So who are TAO's targets? I don't know exactly the targets, right? I wouldn't be able to speak out it anyway. But I, I would say that it would be asinine to assume that anything in our national policy of interest isn't one of their targets, right? So if we say, if the president says global terrorism is something we're concerned with, well, then TAO is not doing their job. Like, the government is not doing their job if they don't go after it. Anything that the president wakes up in the morning and says, hey, this is important to me, Anybody in the government who's not supporting his needs is not doing their job. So I would just offer you of that, say the CEO has to be doing that stuff or they're incompetent and they're wasting taxpayer money. <laughs> you know, so you can't have it both ways. Rob made a pretty convincing case for the so-called targeted surveillance TO conducts. But investigative reporter Ryan Gallagher disagreed. He says the problem is that the unit's methods aren't as targeted as they seem. TAO is doing some of the most aggressive work that NSA does. Um, the traditional eavesdropping, where they're um, listening in on a uh, phone call just by like wiretapping a cable, which they call kind of passive surveillance, that's actually becoming almost secondary now to the active surveillance they call which is attacking and hacking systems and part of the reason for that is because increasingly networks and technologies adopting encryption and so they can't listen to it by just tapping the cable because then they can't read it or listen to it it's just you know jargon going forward especially with the sort of booming encryption you're going to see more and more of these hacking attacks to the point that it, there may come a stage in the future where it's described as a mass surveillance uh, kind of technique. TAO's hacking skills may be in higher demand than ever before. And while the group goes after terrorists, that's not all they do. How does TAO decide who to target? And are they really legitimate threats? The elite unit has gone after Al-Qaeda and Taliban fighters. But the Snowden leaks also revealed the group hacked into the president of Mexico's email. 
and workers at a Belgian telecommunications company were spied on by the British, possibly with help from TAO. Generally, there is consensus that mass surveillance is a bad thing, while targeted surveillance is tolerable uh, because they go after very specific individuals or very specific groups. However, there is multiple things that you need to consider. One is what makes a legitimate target. Um, you know, ultimately the NSA only has to respond to somehow to the U.S. government, but they have no respect whatsoever towards foreigners. And so we had cases where you know they spied on UNICEF, they spied on foreign ministries, they spied on private companies, energy companies, you know. So what at that point makes it legitimate to hack directly and target a certain organization? We don't know. One of the certain documents that, that came out about the Taylor Dax's group is um, one of the guys from within the unit is saying, look, we don't just do terrorism, we do everything. We do all operations. We're here to support any operations. The thing is one of the comic and the misconceptions that the government has managed to build up around a lot of these revelations so it's like don't worry about it we're only going after these extreme terrorist people who are you know we're trying to protect you and all that but that's kind of disingenuous because it's not at all just what they're doing they're doing a lot more than that ultimately it seems TAO maybe just one more tool in the NSA's mass surveillance arsenal what happens in a mass surveillance regime, you sweep up essentially everybody. Everybody, by definition, becomes a target, which means there's no target. The problem is that when you do this in secret and you protect your, your secret powers, this usually doesn't end well in terms of history. It just doesn't. You know, in 1984, the extraordinary George Orwell novel, the only place Winston, the only place he could go to out of sight was in the corner because that's where the surveillance cameras couldn't reach, which meant what? They knew where he was. I remember, people forget, even in 1984, he didn't prevail. He basically cried uncle. Can't fight them. Can't beat them, join them. You're a whistleblower. You cried, Uncle, to some extent, or you cried out. Yeah. Do you think it was worth it? Yeah. History was a state. We know the NSA's elite hacking unit has helped capture terrorists, but they've also targeted friendly nation states. So who else have they gone after? For now, much of TAO's work remains shrouded in secrecy. But privacy activists, whistleblowers, and others aren't giving up on the fight to know more and to live surveillance-free. You might have bought the phone, but whoever hacked it, they're the one. <laughs> and I had another video, but since we're running late, I can I guess I can stop it there, Ella. Okay, great. Okay, great. Let's see if I can switch. 
So, um, again, I, I haven't been a hacker for a very long time, but um, <clears throat> I do have quite a bit of experience in terms of securing uh, computers and sort of knowing um, just sort of what to watch out for. Actually, I caught the um, Pittsburgh Supercomputer Center uh, last year a couple times trying to log into my computer. Uh, using a stealth mode attack. So the Pittsburgh Supercomputer Center is, is a facility owned by the DOD. It's a bunch of very high-powered Cray towers. Um, and uh, it turns out that um, they had an interest in attempting connections to my computer. And I was, I guess, I didn't suspect that I would be able to do an IP trace and figure out who they were. And uh, I went out ahead and I FOIA'd those records, and uh, I got denials across the board um, saying that um, they cannot reveal those the details or any records pertaining to those IP addresses or those connections to my computer because revealing so would reveal the name of someone on the watch list. Um, I got um, uh, investigative technique denials and as well as a bunch of other uh, different um, reasons for denying those, those claims. Uh, since then, uh, they've been very, very cautious about uh, connect, trying to um, uh, infiltrate my computer. And um, it, it's not an easy task by any means to constantly be um, on the alert, uh, whether that's just making sure your computer is physically secure at all times, to being mindful of what you plug in, being mindful of the programs that you run. Um, it, it's a pretty extensive process. But um, if any of uh, anyone listening on the call has any questions or concerns, um, I, I can help. Um, I'm not so much a Windows expert as I used to be, uh, but I, I still think I can provide some assistance. Um, my uh, operating system of choice is um, Apple. So uh, with that, uh, if you have any questions, Ella, you want to open up the floor? Sure. Um, so you were hacking the hackers, basically. <laughs> well, no, I I I, uh, I spotted the hackers. I didn't I didn't, uh, I didn't hack the hackers. I don't have that uh, ability anymore like I used to. And then, um, how many um, do you how many supercomputers do you suspect are in America? How many centers? Uh, supercomputers. Um, well, there's several facilities. The Pittsburgh Supercomputer Facility is like number 40 uh, of the fastest ones. So it, it's, um, you know, I suspect, you know, there's at least 50 in, in, in the states. Um, and presumably they use, a, you know, I, so I'm in the State College, Pennsylvania, and um, presumably they use Pittsburgh because it's the closest one to my location. It's about... Uh, two and a half hours away, but uh, there's something that, that's really important in the hacking world, and that's what's called latency. So you want to be able to run as many commands as possible um, as fast as you can, and sort of getting to a node that's closest to your target is beneficial because the latency is reduced. And sort of getting to a node that's closest to your target is beneficial because So, okay, guys, if you have questions for Sean about hacking or computers or anything um, of similar nature, um, just hit star eight and I'll get, I'll get to you and we'll unmute you and you can ask away.
I know Melinda would have a question. Let me see if I can get her on. What yours? Oh yeah, hi, hi, Sean. It's Melinda. See, um, uh, while uh, talk show's been on, my my uh, fourteen year old jerked off hacker has been on. Uh, I don't know. I I think it might be in my building because my whole building is filled with perps. But it certainly is annoying. And uh, you know, I'll be typing now. They just came on again. It's a circle, and they go to the left side of the screen, so it only shows a half circle with a dot in it. So it's some kind of program or something. But he messes everything up, especially my typing when I'm typing either on Facebook or a letter or something. So um, I presume you're using Windows? Yeah, Windows 7. Yeah, so that's pretty set. Are you using a, a, a wired mouse or a Bluetooth mouse? Uh, blue, well, it's a laser mouse, Bluetooth, I guess. Okay. Um, so back in the day, I used to do, I used to infiltrate computers with, with, with what is called a Trojan horse. So what I suspect is happening at some point, someone has sent you a file or maybe you plugged into, uh, let's say, a USB drive or some device uh, that infiltrated your computer with a Trojan horse. And effectively what that does, it allows them to, grant access to your computer where they can pretty much run any file that they want. They can see anything you're doing. They can move your mouse and so forth. Now, yeah. on a Windows machine, um, it's kind of tricky to find those files. Um, typically, you do see the program running if you go to, uh, if you do your all control delete and put your, your program, um, your running program, you can typically spot it um, because it won't be named like any other uh, normal process that should be running in the background, um, but without actually physically. So I go to, like, go to the taskbar and see the programs running. Right, and you might want to just you know go cross-reference them in your search browser. So if um, let's say one of your one of your um, uh, the programs running is called. Uh, you know, root.exe, go ahead into your Google browser, type that in it and see what comes up. Um, if, if it turns out that one of the programs you type in um, comes up with something fishy, then you know that's the source. However, a lot of times these files um, have mechanisms in place that prevent you from deleting them. So uh, just trying to find that file on your computer and deleting it may not, may not work. Um, and if that's the case, one alternate approach is to start your computer up, up in safe mode and then try deleting that file. So sometimes when you, so these programs are meant to run and start up on startup and return on your computer. But when you start up in safe mode, um, not all of those programs on your, on the, on the start list uh, get executed. So you, you might luck out if it's a sort of a more rudimentary program and be able to delete the file. If you, you know, just search for it in your little, uh, um, in your um, search taskbar, uh, and, and you find that you can maybe delete it in, in safe mode. Uh, what about, uh, can they just come in? Because <clears throat> I, I don't take the computers around anymore. It just got to be too much. Uh, so they can break into my place, which they do. Just They come in two, three times a week. Um, can they install something just when I'm not here, just on the computer? Oh, absolutely. So. Um, 
you know, uh, computers, physical computer security is um, one of the things I'm, I'm most concerned about. I, I have a, uh, I try to carry my laptop around with me um, at all times. Like I won't leave it, you know, in the car when I go into a restaurant. Um, if I actually do have to leave it in the car, I have a lockbox in the trunk of my vehicle um, that has a $300 um, super sophisticated lock on it. Um, they can break the container a lot easier than they can you know, the lock, but at least there's forced entry, and I can I can document that. So physical mm -hmm. security is really really important. As is disconnecting from your Wi-Fi, so turning off your turning off your network connection um, whenever you're not using a computer. If you're typing a document, a letter, just disconnect. You don't need to be online. Um, right, and right. every every second you're online is every second that they have another opportunity to launch an attack against you. So um, yeah, I yeah. just think it's the same people. It's the same program. Not necessarily the same people, but they have the same program. And now he's he's doing his half circle again to show me he's still there. Uh, I mean, you know, this is just low life filth, and um, it's really upsetting. Now, uh, some uh, of these programs, some of these programs will be picked up by your uh, standard antivirus programs. So if you don't have something like Norton, um, I would recommend. Um, installing it and making sure it's fully updated. And it might pick it up, um, but it depends on the levels of sophistication that they're using. So it could be something that's really sophisticated where the the Norton doesn't pick it up. Um, but yeah, I do it, use Microsoft or what Windows Essentials. And that's up okay. to date. What about System right. Mechanic or Panda? I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, the tried and true runs are, are Symantec and Norton. Um, I actually prefer Symantec. Uh, on the Mac, I don't, uh, you know, we, I don't use any of those. Um, actually, have I what it's called um, a different system, but um, not not Norton or Symantec. But those are the two I would recommend. Okay, thank you. Yep. Hi, Sean. Yep. Um, I have a Mac too. I've always had Macs. I love my Macs. But, you know, you mentioned that you can see what programs are running. I used to be able to see that on my Mac. I no longer can. What, where do I go to find the programs that are running on my so, Mac? On Mac OS. Let me tell you the program I'm running. Um, Mac OS. Hold on. Come on. Um, MacBook Pro 13-inch. Version 10.11.6. El Captain. Capitan. Where do I go to find that? Now, what I, what I do sometimes, I go to Network Utility, you know, to see what networks are on my computer. Um, I'm not sure what to do with them after I find them. Some, should, does it make sense that there are like 28 different networks connected <laughs> to Yeah, really. I mean, you know, where it says... I mean, sometimes there are more, like seven, eight pages of these things, where it says display state of all current socket connections, and if there are like 28 of them, is that odd? Nope, that's normal. So uh, oh, is like it? Half okay. of, about a quarter yeah. of those would probably be like DNS servers, so the servers that your browser uses to connect. Uh, okay. if, you use, if you use a Chrome browser, Chrome connects to so many servers, it's scary. Um, so I have a program called, um, and what's it called? It's called um, Little Snitch. Little, um, oh, I remember Little Snitch. I used to have that. It somehow disappeared. It's a good program. 
It tells you this on your computer, doesn't it? It, it tells you every connection your computer makes. Uh, so, yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, Google Chrome is, like, one of the biggest offenders. Um, but you have, do have to be uh, spend some time with it and figure out what each connection yeah. is. And uh, usually it gives you pretty good recommendations of, of what's trying to connect to your, to your computer. Yeah. Um, other safety or other security tips I would have is go to your uh, system preferences and go to uh, the security tab. And okay. turn on your turn on your firewall if you don't have it on. Oh, it's so, on. Okay, okay. Or at least I turn it on, then it turns off. Then I turn it on, then it turns off. They're in my computer. They're all over my computer, and they have been. I mean, it's like they mess with my emails. They turn them upside down. Sometimes I find the earliest ones at the very end, and and you know, the, oh, it it just goes on and on. I love to mess with everything on here, but. All right. um, but anyway, I do turn the firewall on. It does get turned off. They are on my computer, but I can keep just doing that, right? Making sure it's on. Well, if, if based on what you're telling me, they they have root, what's called root access. They have your password, um, mm-hmm. so that creates another problem. Yeah. So what I would recommend is how many? Uh, do you know how many accounts you have on your computer? Like how many of them are admin versus how many of them are just uh, general privileges? General privilege. Such a good. I should be the only one on there. I, I'm the only one who's supposed to be working this computer. However, I have no idea. Every so often, I'll go to something and it's grayed out. You know, I don't have privilege. It, it says you do not have privileges for this. This on my own computer, I don't have privileges for to access a certain program. Um, it does that a lot. Uh, huh. But you said when I would you say about when you start up. You could start up in a certain what, safe mode. Well, that, that's for the that's for the Windows computers. You, oh, you okay. Can um, for the Macs, generally you're a little bit more secure, but but what you're describing yeah. to me uh, indicates that you know they have root access. So yeah. the first thing I recommend to you is to go ahead and under your admin account is change your password to something that's really secure and. Um, Make sure that there's no there's no backup to Apple or anything like that, and also go ahead and make another account. You see, you want to make what's called a standard account, um, okay. and you do. Um, so if you go, to, you know, under the uh, users and groups screen, uh-huh. you know, you'll be able to add a little plus sign. You'll be able to add a different user. Uh, right. Make sure, add a standard user, and okay. whenever you log into your computer only log in as a standard user. So that standard user will have its own password and, and log in. But oh. um, if, if you only use that account, that account is restricted from the more administrative processes that your computer has. So essentially, it's like you're logging in as a guest on your computer. You should still have right. most of your privileges, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, ways that um, hackers can infiltrate your computer. Yeah. Um, easier if you're using your root account as opposed to just the sort of the guest slash standard account. So uh, I always log in under my standard account and um, almost never touch the, the root account because if they infiltrate the standard account, um, they're, they're gotcha. just not, they're, they're yeah. sort of limited. There's like, a, there's like a firewall and a firewall, if you will. Oh, if I, lo- if I log in under my user account, then they're limited as to what they can do then? Cool. Right. Is that what mm-hmm. you mean? That kind yep. of limits them because I'm not in the in the in the account that has administrative access to my account, my computer, right? Right. And they can't uh, I mean, in on they that. Can okay. still, they can still do damage, but um, yeah. it, it's much much harder. Okay. Good. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Okay, Sean, we have a question here in the chat. It says, how do we remove the monitors on our search browsers? And then he gave it an example. Um, for example, www.ixquick.com becomes, and you know how it will change to something else, to www.us2.ixquick.com. How do you keep that? How do you prevent that from happening? All right. So my settings. Uh, so I use um, I use Chrome, Safari, and Firefox, and sometimes Tor. Um, but my settings generally under like cookies under the privacy settings, and we have all your cookies and all your cache. Is I, every time I close my browser, I have it set so all that stuff is deleted. So it saves nothing. It's a little bit annoying because you, know, you won't be saving your passwords or anything. Yeah. But uh, it, or for security's sake, I don't want any trackers sort of being carried over, any third-party software that um, you know tried to install itself to be there. Uh, I want that all gone. So every time I restart my browser, it's like I'm logging in to a brand new computer for the first time. Um, now, in terms of running trackers from connecting to your computer, in terms of putting trackers connecting to your computer, I use two programs. One of one of them is called Ghostery, Ghost with a ending in E R Y, and the other one's called uh, you guys may have heard this of this one um, AdBlock Plus. And uh, Ghostery is great because it blocks all those trackers that track you site to site to site. So you know you won't go to Amazon. You know you just say you go to Amazon and you're looking at let's say uh, an iron. You know you go to like you know, 10 minutes later, you go to a different site um, and you see an ad for Amazon with that iron you were just looking at. You won't get any of that because it totally blocks all of your trackers. Um, so it's ghostery. And then for your all your ads and your pop-ups and stuff, I highly recommend um, AdBlocker Plus. No? Also in the... Go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. I just wanted to ask one more thing about Max. Um, also, in my preferences, and I can't remember if it's in security or in privacy, it says um, tell third parties you don't want to be tracked. And you can just check that, right? Um, so right. you're under privacy? I think it's under privacy or security. I'm not sure which under the preferences. Um, but it says tell, tell, you know, I don't want to be tracked. But and and I often, when I really run into a lot of trouble, I go in and empty my cookies and my cash, and then things seem to work, seem to be okay, you know. So, so telling someone you don't want to be tracked doesn't stop them from tracking you. Oh, okay. um, just like call, call, just like calling and putting your name on a do not call registry doesn't right. exactly stop. So, um, always okay. I always uh, encourage being proactive when it comes to yeah. you know, stopping people from tracking you. Okay. Well, you have to have to re-input your your passwords, but oh well, in the long oh, run, that's so comfortable. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point there. So um, my office is heavily infiltrated uh, with cameras, um, and it's such a situation. I have my own private office, but uh, I have to keep you know, just crack my laptop screen ever so slightly, and you know, put a cover over the top of my head, and you know, type in my password. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> There you and go. I, and I, I have to change yeah. my password every three to four days um, just because they'll let me know when they have my password, at least part of it. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, I, I tend to use very common words and like nonsensical and I'll, I'll like combine them together. So um, 
you should always use, you know, you can use the alphanumerics, but for me, it's easier to remember these complicated passwords if I just sort of blend words together, together in a string. So I'll give you an example of one of my past passwords, and I keep them all in my wallet and a little post-it. Um, huh. That way I, I make sure I use a different password for every site I go to or any of the accounts, and I have access to it. So unless I'm rubbed, somebody steals my wallet. <laughs> uh, but I, it's actually, I think, I think it's a better better process. But uh, just to give you an example of sort of the types of passwords that I use, and I just pick out one of these old Post-its. Hopefully I don't read you the one I'm using right now. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, um, so what I'll do is I'll look around the house, and uh, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll just start with a word. It doesn't matter what it is. So, I have a my bathroom scale is uh, made by a company called Omron. O M R O N. So my password here is Om Omron Ald. So what I did there is I combined Omron with the name Ronald, and then. I typed in Dyson, so Omronal Dyson, and the S-O-N, I used it to start a new phrase, son of Sam. So it's Omronal Dyson, son of Sam. So blending all these words is a standard sort of uh, brute force attack using a dictionary. Can't really piece together because their their words are non-existent. But it's uh, easy enough yeah. for, you to, for you to remember because um, – Almost like a, it's almost like almost playing a game with with like you know with yourself, where each part of the password you type in is a reminder for the next part of the password. Yeah. Huh. That makes any sense? Oh, yeah, I used to have a friend that changed his password like every other day, but he changed all of his passwords to the same thing, and then he so he'd remember all of them for that few days, and then he'd change it again all of his passwords to the same password. I thought that was kind of clever, at least easier to remember, you know? But the thing with, the thing with that is that means that you're trusting, let's say you use the same password for Facebook and like LinkedIn, and you're trusting uh, LinkedIn to have your Facebook password and whatever other site you use that for, you're essentially trusting all of those other sites yeah. with the other accounts that you have. So, so I, I don't recommend it. I, again, I recommend using a different password for every site and just write them down a little post-it and just stick them in your wallet. Um, that way you don't remember them. And so another thing I have set up is uh, two-factor authentication. Now this gets a little bit annoying. So every time I log in to like the really important stuff, I have two-factor authentication where I, I go in, I type in my password and it also has to go ahead and send me an email or send me a text message to my phone where they send me a six-digit six digit code that I even have to go ahead and type in after that password. So oh, it just make, make sure that it is me. So my Google account is set up that way. My Hushmail account, uh, my uh, Penn State accounts are all set up that way. Um, it's just, you know, it, if someone gets my password and tries to log in, I'm going to know about it almost immediately because uh, they'll try to send me that, that uh, second verification step and I'll know that I wasn't logging in. So uh, look for that. If, if, if it's an option, I highly recommend to use uh, two-factor authentication. Huh. Okay, thank you. Let's go on move to someone else. Um, Ella, I have a question for him. 
Thank you. Um, hey, Sean, thanks for the information. Um, okay, about two years ago, I was working on a book, and then one day something came over my computer and encrypted all of my writing into some characters and unknown. I tried to use a translator. It said the closest thing was Norwegian, but it really is not readable, so it's not translatable. Um, and then I tried uh, encryption code or decryption code type, and they said you need a key. So how do I find the key for the encryption so I can decrypt this book? <laughs> you don't. Um, so, geez. You know, this is sort of one of my big fears, and um, it's never happened to me because um, I've always sort of attacked it proactively by backing up my all of my computer uh, every couple of days. So if there is an event where I accidentally click on what's this is called ransomware, by the way, um, yeah. and right. typically it goes ahead and encrypts all your system, then uh, it asks you for some monetary fund to be deposited or sent by into some account by like Bitcoin or by like. Um, a, it was a um, tour site. It was something from. Uh, I don't go to tour, but it was a tour thing. So, jeez. I mean, I can try to get back to you. I, I've actually never looked into ransomware only because I, I've never felt it was really a threat, uh, being that I am so meticulous about my backups, and I also have multiple backups. So it's. it's kind of annoying where you have to back it up to several drives at the same time every time you do it. But um, okay. I mean, it doesn't help okay, you. But, I know. But um, in general, if it was a simple encryption, there would be a key somewhere in the script. So how do I find this? How do I find the key out of like pages and pages of that? <laughs> so it could not only could you use have one key, there could be two keys, there could be uh, you know, several keys being used. So you can unlock one encryption, uh, one coded uh one code that's uh, encrypted by um your encryption code, and you can go on that could be a whole different encrypted code that you open up. So it could be stacked in that sense. Um there's there's to my knowledge, there's no way to retrieve that code without some serious serious analysis uh, with tools that uh, the regular person doesn't have access to. Uh, only some of the three-letter agencies do. And uh, some of the more uh, gifted uh, hackers out there. Yeah. Well, but usually I, what I do is I don't back up digitally. Uh, if there's something really important, I'll print it out, make a hard copy. But this book, was I was still in the middle of editing, and I was about to print. But, um, you know, of course, that happened now. But anyway, I have evidence that I got encryptions. <laughs> I mean, it looks like somebody did something, not that I could do. Now, there are like, um, I mean, there are people claim to be experts and they can uh, rescue whatever's been encrypted uh, from your computer um, or services out there. I'm not sure how expensive they are. Um, but actually, I, I mean, this is something I should know about. So, I mean, if you wouldn't mind like sharing your email, you were uh, on the call or maybe uh, later on, uh, I can certainly follow up because uh, it's something I, you know, I feel like I should know and I just never okay. looked into it. All right, I'll contact you another time. All right, thank you. Okay, thanks. Okay, so now we'll go to Massachusetts. 
Oh, um, Kate. Hi. Hi, it's Kate. Um, Hi, Kate. I, um, oh, I'm forgetting my question now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're way oh, too I, long. I wanted to ask, Sean, um, I talked to someone the past couple of days who thought he found something very interesting um, and has some understanding of computers, much more than I do, uh, regarding um, some type of system that was um, sort of joined with the BIOS. So he said that if you were to erase the hard drive, it will not go away. And yep, that's right. Um, so, yeah, there are there are certain uh, viruses and Trojan horses that would go down to the hardware le- level um, and uh, install themselves on on. You know, on your uh, initiation, you know, your BIOS uh, sector, um, that can be overcome by doing a, a hardware flash. Um, you have to just, I guess, find the uh, the right software to flash it with, uh, which is sometimes hard to find from the manufacturer, and, and know the process to flash that piece of uh, hardware. Uh, but then you have to sort of remap all of your stuff you have on your computer if it doesn't automatically. So you can overcome it, um, but it, it's it's kind of, it's a little technical and it's it's, it's annoying, it's tedious. Okay, yeah, he, he sent me a whole bunch of copies of uh, printouts of the programs that were on there. And um, a lot of it looks similar to what's on mine, which is like they've set up a network and it seems that they can drive fairly close to the house and just know everything I'm I'm working on. But thank you. Um, if you ever want to see those, I'll I'll ask him if I could share them with you. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to uh, at least know what they are. Maybe I can um, do some research on the programs. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Kate. Yep. Let me go to Thank you. Thank you again, Kate. I'm going to go down to Virginia, although I don't know if she's going to have a, she may not have a computer question, but we'll get her on anyways. Virginia? Virginia, are you there? Well, we don't have too many questions about computers tonight. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. As long as we're out of questions, can I ask another one? Ask away. All right. Um, Sean, when I put anything to back back up the information on my computer, it will not show up. I, I'll put in, you know, a, a, an exterior hard drive, a little one to uh, back things up on, and it won't show up. on the. Um, I think they've blocked it. I don't know if I, that I can get around it. I don't know that there's an answer to that. Also, if I put a, a um, disk in to try to burn the, you know, bring the information into the disk, it won't, will not work. They will not let me back things up. So, um, yeah, I would just uh, before yeah. you do any of that, just disconnect disconnect from the internet. Uh, even go over to your uh, router your, and unplug it, and yeah. then okay. try it. Um, and oh. the, the one question, the one question I would have for you is: uh, Does your 
does your backup hard drive, does it use an external power source in addition to whatever wire it uses for data transmission, or is it no, just No, it actually gets its power from the, from the computer. Okay. Uh, I would try it again, except this time, okay. um, do you have any devices that you know use Bluetooth, um, or if you have Bluetooth enabled on your computer, just turn every all those all those off and, and try again and see oh. if you have any success. Like my Wi-Fi, I have Wi-Fi for my security cameras. Like turn it all off completely. Just just for your computer. Um, oh, okay. Okay. I can do that. Um, okay, I can do that. I don't use Wi-Fi. I use an Ethernet, but. Um, God, there's something else. Okay. Oh, also, did you know that there is a modem that can be that can be plugged into a person's power lines? I'm not. I, this was they were doing this like 20 years ago, and pretty much have access to all to. I'm not sure what, but they used to be able to put a modem. Does that make any sense? Or have you heard yeah, of so, that? Um, yeah. So. Uh, DS, uh, DSL that uses this technology yeah. still, and uh, essentially, yeah, they use your they use your um, existing uh, circuitry in your house or your wiring uh, right. as a low speed yeah. transmission uh, uh, system. Uh, you can only do maybe like 128 uh, um, baud or kbps, um, but um, it, it's I mean, it's still sufficient for some slower web browsing and uh, certainly for data transmission. Uh, however, you need you need to have that interface, right? You need to have a um, so you'd have to have a modem connected to the uh, um, to a plug that uh, is essentially right. a converter. So, but to my to my knowledge, yeah. you can't just hack a computer that's plugged into an outlet um, that doesn't have a special interface to allow that I communication. That's interesting because years ago, when I I couldn't get my computer to work, but I noticed that one of my plugs was kind of the the cover was sort of off, and I thought they're getting it behind those plugs. So I I finally went outside and plugged it to my patio plug, and son of a gun, my computer worked. Um, and so I guess they can get in there and, and and mess with your plugs, right? So that they can hack into your computers if you're plugged into that plug. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So. Um... Okay. Okay. You know, have you ever read um, uh, Cheryl Atkinson's book? Um, I, think I have it out in my uh, my little library, but I don't remember the title. But she, uh, you know, she was uh, targeted by the Obama administration, and she, in her book, she retells some of the stories that she faced, and she found this strange piece of wire sticking out of her phone line going to her house, um, her her uh, sorry, her cable line. And it just looked bizarre, and she got an expert to come over and, and look at it. And uh, he took it down and couldn't figure out exactly what it was. And uh, I, I believe the phone company or the cable company showed up uh, not long thereafter and agreed with her, saying that this cable is really strange. And um, she had put it down, and they went to go look at a different part of the house. And when they came back to that part of the that part of the house, it disappeared. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> wow. But, yes, yeah. the easiest way to interrupt the communications is to uh, just tap the lines outside of your house or at the pole. Um, and that effectively defeats a lot of uh, sort of SSL and encryption. Um, it's, uh, you know, typically they can get into your modem. I mean, I've, I've stopped trying, essentially, trying to protect my modem yeah. because um, – you know, since it goes through Comcast, I have no 
I have no, I can't do anything about it. So yeah. I can only protect uh, my laptop. Um, oh, sorry, I was going to set my eye. I forget. Sorry. Well, thank Linda, you. you want to hold your thought in Northwest California? Yes, I will, if I can remember. Oh, I know. Can I put a filter? Can I put a filter on my power to filter that out, to filter them out? Can you can you connect a filter on the outside, like to your to your um, you know your power box thing? You know. So um, unless you're using unless you're using DSL uh, that uses that uh, older system, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, okay. Yeah, most of their infiltration is going to come uh, either at your computer, at your uh, router and or modem, uh, or your lines coming into your house or even right. at the pole. So there's, there's various points of interception. Uh, and uh, you, said, you, said, you said you use Ethernet, right? So you, Yeah, when you said lines coming into your house, do you mean cable lines? Are you talking right. about the yep. cable coaxial? Okay. okay. So, I mean, that, that, that's more most likely the uh, the entry point for them. Right. Great. Okay. Well, yeah, the the, coax, the coaxial that is mounted on the outside of miles is this huge, bizarre, big, you know, it looks like it belongs to a huge company, and I'm just one woman, you know. I'm thinking I need to have that checked. Thank you. Sure. In Northwest hello. California, I've muted you. Are you there? Hi. Hi. Hello. It's Dawn. Can you hear me? Hi. Hi, Dawn. I Hi. can hear you. Hi there. Speaker. Maybe you can hear me better. Um, so just a couple of quick things on the electronic hacking. It, my experience was that they, it seemed like it went in phases, like at the very initial onset, it was very intense. The neighbor next door moved in and put up this antenna that looked like he was trying to you know, bring Frankenstein to life or something. It was the biggest antenna I've ever seen in my life on a house. And then... Um, what ended up happening was they put my Mac on um, auto-indexing. I can't get it off, so it kind of became unusable. Ruined one of my laptops, but they did something that the phone company couldn't even figure out. They poisoned my router. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. Um, and, uh, well, let's see. I talked to a cyber specialist about it. I had him on the phone because we were going to put a trap on the line. And... Uh, by the time I could get that done, that had already happened. I'd been changing my password every single day because I knew they were on it, and my computer was going so slow. So I was changing my um, password every day, and then about a week later, you know, they came piling out of the house next door with their little laptops poking out of the backpacks, and they looked at me and they said, game over. And when I tried to log on and get back on, um, they get my Internet connection, a little robot came across in a little scrolling marquee that said, game over, game over. <laughs> anyway... I couldn't fix it. The phone company couldn't fix it. So I called the cyber specialist and said, what is this? And he said, they poisoned your router. So I could not use that same company and router ever again. They came over with a replacement router. And he goes, this router, I've tried three. He goes, they work at everyone's house except yours. And the cyber specialist said, he goes, what they did to you, he goes, was a very highly sophisticated move that they only teach. He talks about Homeland Security. And he said, it has to be military. He goes, and they have to either have been in your house or at least within about 25 feet of your of your home to do it wirelessly. And he said, and it takes hours. Um, I don't know if I should even try to do anything else. You know, I have a new everything now to even try to protect myself. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, that that part's passed because 
after they got done having their fun with that, that giant antenna came down. And the next thing I know, there's a weird antenna going up across the street at the neighbor's house that had the giant antenna. It looks like a rib cage, kind of a, a oval, like a half egg. And then with this long thing jutting out from in front of it. But anyway, so there's one down the street. There's one right across the street. And there's one next door. And they're all pointing to my house. And that was the point in time when the uh, weapons started. So I'm kind of thinking that once they get done with that big, you know, drive you crazy, ruin all your stuff and, and all that, that, you know, maybe that's just kind of a phase to this. I do notice even now that, you know, I'll, I'll have voicemails from six months ago that I've deleted. They pop back in, kind of like what Linda was saying. Um, emails, even at work, that I've deleted a, a long time ago. They show back up in my inbox like I'd never done anything with it. So, you know, I... I don't know, I guess I'm kind of in the mindset that I don't know that there's a whole lot you can do about it, kind of like what you're saying, um, other than just the basics. But if they have moves like that, aren't you kind of helpless? So I just caution you, um, you know, they, they do, um, they perform a lot of deception uh, to make you think um, that they're doing these things using, using the methods that they're uh, almost showing off. Um, so. I'd be careful about drawing that association um, without any more, um, without any better, I guess, proof. Now, what you're describing with the emails coming back and um, and, that, and the things going across your screen and the the router being poisoned, yeah, I mean, the, um, the as far as the router, that is an advanced move. Uh, typically, if your router isn't secure, most people don't have don't have secure routers and you can hack routers fairly easily even those that are password protected um, there's a lot of uh, security um, gaps in the firmware itself so a lot of people don't go ahead and update uh, the firmware on their router um, like they should you know they usually come up with updates every few months um, and if you don't then you you leave your router open for a security vulnerability and it can get in now, with that being said, um, it's still hard. I mean, I, I have all of my settings set to maximum encryption on my routers, uh, and I, I still. I mean, I've, I've had I've had also router to router. So I have uh, at some point uh, I had two routers. So one that goes straight to the modem, and then one in between. So I'd have to break two barriers to get to my laptop. Um, oh wow, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> That's a good setup. But I, um, I, I, sometimes it gets it just gets too ridiculous, and you have to call it quits somewhere to uh, have some sort of quality of life. So um, exactly. Jeez. Um, That's kind of hostile. But, um, can I ask you one more quick question? Because this just sure. happened. I'm sorry, guys. It's a little off topic, but it's fast. So um, I um, I have a new weapon thing happening to me. Um, I got moved after these calls started. <laughs> Things got worse, um, as probably with a lot of folks. But I came home, and I have a big, giant, overstuffed chair that I sit in. It's up against a wall, and I have a long extension cord plugged in because the chair is heavy to move, right? So I plug phones and things like that into this extension cord. Well, I come home, and I look, and I see that that extension cord is unplugged, meaning that somebody had to pull my chair away from the wall. And I also have, so I had the extension cord on top, and I had that filter, the EMF, filter or the RF filter on the plug underneath it. 
So what I see is, is that the plug's there, but the extension cord is out, and I noticed that it, you could see on the floor some, something had happened. So I thought, oh, my God. I mean, I've heard people talking about, you know, them being able to use the wiring and such in your house against you. Well, what was happening was there's nowhere I can walk in my house. As soon as they lock onto my head and I can feel that, I get a zzz on the top of my head, and it comes up from my floor everywhere I go. I untook, I took off the uh, faceplate for the outlet and um, to see if maybe there was something in there. So I take that off, and I'm, I'm kind of holding the plug. You know, it's still connected to all the wires, um, just on the plastic. And then I put my screwdrivers down, and then when I went to, to grab it, I got completely caught up in the whole, I felt like I was being electrocuted. So I, I'm thinking that that they've ungrounded the plug behind me, or they've maybe done this in several areas because my whole house, no matter where I go, the floor, it will, um, electrical currents will just light up underneath my feet, and I move, and it takes them a couple of seconds to catch up with me with the, I'm assuming it's an infrared. Um, but do you think that I need to do something like call and have the power company? Because I can turn the breakers off, and it still happens. So, do you feel heat, or is it just is it just a current feeling? Oh yeah, it was pretty intense. But and is there any right like, behind? What's that? Is there any is there any heat associated? Like, do you feel any physical like like heating of your of your skin? Um, no, not that I noticed. But what I did notice is that night, um, when I was sitting in my chair, I heard noises from that area from behind me and I thought oh what fresh hell is this the next thing you know I feel the the directed energy and and it felt a very electric was coming through my chair and into my back and up from underneath the seat of the chair you know hit me in the butt and every other place that they want to hit you and let's go after the feet it sounds like seems like um but yeah so like it's like the chair is now cursed or something like that but the bigger picture is is do they have the ability to, you know, disconnect grounds, you know, all over your house so that they can use all this against you because everything's really been ramped up against me. It's, it's really sickening, as you know. So there are multiple uh, ground points in your, uh, in your house electric system, uh, typically. So disconnecting one would usually only just affect one outlet used against you. Uh, I do have a question as to the types, your reaction to the attack. So uh, you said that you're being electrocuted and they're hitting you in the back. Are they are they quick mus- muscle pulses or uh, is it sort of uh, repetitive, uh, like a beat? Uh, can you describe the, like the sensation yes. that you feel when you get hit? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it lasts probably three seconds each one and then it will stop and then it will go back sometimes i just move my body to make it stop but i've got several things going on that's that's the one but it it doesn't start nothing starts until they lock onto the top of my head i i guess that's how they know where i'm at because if i manage to hide then they do something that causes whatever's in my arm all up and down my right arm those start coming alive and they feel like they're all electrical and buzzing in my arm and I thought oh my gosh this is how they're tracking you when they can't you know find you you know because I've been able to hide so 
that was my thought. So the so it's bursts of electrical currents is how it feels. And then from on top of my head, it feels like heat. It feels it's that very sickening, you know, um, it's both. It feels electric and it feels like that just heavy uh, microwave, I guess is the way to say it. I can't even walk near my microwaves now. You know, if I use them, I have to run. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Turn something on and then I flee, you know, because I can feel it. It just, ah, and it's so sickening. It hits you in the chest. And so I know people talk about turning your house against you and things like that. So this is the first time I experienced this. Do I need to get an electrician? Um, I, I don't think it's going to help. And typically the techs don't come, I mean, it depends on the way your you know, your home is set up. If you actually have a home and you don't live in an apartment complex, yes. typically yeah, the that. sources aren't within aren't within the home. Uh, they're in the neighbors or on the, you know, say uh, telephone poles or whatever coverage cover they can use. Now, as far as the, the sensations are getting up and down the arm, they uh, do they actually induce muscle twitches? Are you getting muscle twitches when you're getting that sensation? No, no muscle twitches. It just feels like a little electrical stinging, and it gets kind of hot. And there's three places on my arm, and I can't see anything at all. No scars, no nothing. And and, and no heat on the arms, right? Just on the top of the head. Um. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes after a while, if they leave it on long enough, or whatever they do, it does start heating up. And and this only happened after they flew a helicopter over my house and dumped a bunch of crap out. Out in the air, I ran as high as fast as I could, knowing that this can't be good. But I don't know. I don't know what half this crap. I don't know what ninety percent of this stuff is. And um, you said that there's a there's delay. You know, when you move, it takes a few seconds for it to relock yep. your body. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have a couple ideas, but the one thing I will I'd want to say, we'll talk uh, offline about this. But the, the one thing I'd like you to do is go outside and um, look at where your neighbors. Direct TV dishes, if they have any, are pointing. Uh, see if any of them are pointed close, like in the direction of your house. Oh, um, yeah, they're all pointed at me. The direct I know, dishes. I complain. Yeah, and they have a new antenna. They have a really weird antenna that I told you he put up after he took down the monster antenna and did all the hacking. This other antenna went up. Um, I even went to an electrical engineer and showed him pictures, and I did a Google map of the antenna to say, here's the aerial, and then the exact same one got put up across the street. They're both pointing right at my house. And I went to the police, the FBI, and I said, you don't think this is strange? I'm having all these problems, and my neighbors all around me are, you know, putting up these weird-looking antennas, and they all coincidentally are pointed at me? Well, that just doesn't really prove anything. There's probably lots of antennas like that. And I went, no, I quite literally drove about 15 blocks in every direction. There's not one. It's weird looking. He goes, well, it's probably just for the TV. I said, okay, fine. So I, I didn't get any help, you know, there. But then I also found out that at the same time, everybody started putting up, not everybody, six people that I knew were the people following me around. They put up American flags, if that's the signal around here, if you're a part of the gang stalking, part of the crazy neighborhood watch. Um, but the flagpoles are actually antennas. You know, it, it's really, really bizarre. So I feel like I'm sitting in the, I mean, I really, I'm probably one of the most surrounded people. I know everybody probably thinks they are too, but 
you know, I know for a fact they pulled guns on us in the backyard and the people next door, you know, put up crazy antennas. And then my next door neighbor who was renting, I see pulled up in a U-Haul and I go, what's happening? And he goes, I don't know. I just got a phone call from the lady who owns this house. He's been there for five years. She just said um, she sold the house and I have 30 days to move. Lo and behold, guess who moves next door? And now I'm sandwiched, you know, on every at every direction. And now it's worse because they're on, they are on every side, more than one. So I don't know if it's my house or if it's them, like you're saying. When I had the building biologist, um, Eric Weinhold, um, come out, he did tell me, I mean, he stood up on my roof and he said, you've got like a really super strong 4G signal that's coming right. He pinpointed it to the side of the neighbor's house. And he said, he goes, and oddly, it's directed right at your bedroom, which is I couldn't sleep in my bed anymore. He goes, right exactly where you're sleeping. And uh, so he told me to put up shielding on something. I thought, yeah, like that'll work. But um, after that happened, and I was doing all that to rule it out, you know, they moved in next door on the other side. You know, I don't know what a person does in a situation like that when you're kind of just completely surrounded. Yeah, well, I'm in a same, similar situation. Um, so there was a case where a person was targeted by the neighbor with their direct TV dish. Um, they had their TV direct TV dish set to transmit as opposed to just receive. And they are actually fairly powerful. And she was able to get some professional uh people to come in and take the measurements and figure out that sure enough, uh, the neighbors were blasting their direct TV uh, microwave transmissions into her home. Um, and she won that case. Uh, now that case has been sort of buried and not publicized um, for obvious reasons. So um, I would, I, you know, you said you have that. Now the thing with the thing with these microwave attacks is that in fact you are getting that sort of attack is you can detect that Fairly easy with your standard tri-field meter. So your, your tri-field 100XC, uh, preferably with audio, uh, will pick that up. And um, you know, the, one of the best protections is detection. Um, so if in fact you, you have your meter, and you can pick it up and you know, record it, either make a recording of it or even just be aware of it, it'll stop. Um, but that doesn't mean that which they one is that go, one? It's uh, the Trifield 100 XE, uh, okay. and you preferably you want to get the one that has audio. So you can buy it off Amazon. You can buy it right from Alpha Labs. Uh, they make the Trifield meters, but okay. the audio the audio is nice because you can you know when it when it picks up a certain uh, reading past a threshold, you can set the buzzer to go off. So. Um, but that that threshold just above you know background levels, anything above that, uh, you'll hear that that buzz and you'll know that there's these transmissions going into your home. But uh, the trifield's nice because it picks up uh, electromagnetic fields, it picks up electric fields, and it picks up radio microwave fields. Um, so okay, so yeah. this is going to sound bizarre, but I'm sitting in the bathtub right now. And the stuff is now coming up from underneath my tub, and I'm in a really big tub of water. Is that even possible? I mean, it seriously, and it's just jolting right up my leg. Wherever I put my feet, they zap it. How can that happen? I just really want to know more than anything else. It's just bizarre. 
Yep, it's happening right now. So one more question. So I'll get the meter, but then I'll let somebody else talk. Um, is it possible to read the voltage in your body, and how? what would I do to be able to do that? Because when this stuff goes to the top of my head, it will literally shoot out my hands and the bottoms of my feet to where if I held my hand up next to somebody, they could feel the atom. It's like that. So shouldn't I be able to use some voltage meter to measure how much voltage I have? Yes, yes, but um, so depending on where in the part of the where in the in the body they hit you. Let's say that you have your meter attached to I don't know. Let's say you have it attached to your to your your calf, right? And they hit you in the arm. Well, by the time that that current can reach your calf, then it will have been used up. You know, your muscles will have contracted and used up that energy. So the reading won't be really strong uh, down on your calf. And then you're also going to get localized readings. So, you know, your heart produces a certain electrical signal whenever it goes off and uh, various other organs do. Your brain does. So, you know, uh, the electrode placement in your body matters quite a bit. Um, I, I don't know of a good way to use, um, you know, your bioimpedance or, um, to to detect these things. Uh, um, but again, I have to go back to using using that tri field. It's the cheapest meter you can buy with the most, uh, you know, with the most options. Um, and uh, hopefully that'll bring you some okay. relief. But I can almost assure you they'll just switch to a different method within a couple months. Oh yeah, that, yeah, for sure. So the trifold's going to give me, um, give me. Well, unless I have a spectrum analyzer, I would need to. I wouldn't know the frequency, but I would be able to tell the levels of the electromagnetic radiation and the levels of microwave. Is that correct? Right. You'll get the uh, the, the the Gauss. Uh, you get the the milligauss, the intensity of the field, and. Um, for both electromagnetic and microwave. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll get off of that now, um, and I'll let somebody else talk. Are we recommending, is, are you guys recommending the um, the, the thing that, uh, oh, God, I don't know who it was, Kate, um, Ella, the audacious, is that being recommended for voice to scroll to be able to record um, noises and voices and words and sounds only? Well, I'm not a techie, but I know that um, he suggested, you know, that it's a great um, platform or a great device to help you with recordings. Um, so I don't know, but I can ask Kate and I can call you and let you know. But he just wants people to be familiar with it so he can kind of teach us what it can and cannot do when he's here next Tuesday or next, the week after that, whichever it may be. Um, tentatively, he's scheduled for next Tuesday. So that might give us enough time for everybody to kind of get familiar with this program before he comes. And he can, at that point, kind of educate us and show us uh, the ins and outs of Audacity and how the best ways to use it. So I'm not sure. Probably B2K. Or maybe so. Depends. Well, I really wish that someone would come up with a way, or maybe one already exists, to measure the decibel levels of the tinnitus in the ear, because sometimes that stuff is off the chain, or you just want to go running into the street screaming. Um, but I think Dave Case was one who said, "Well, it's inside your head, so we can't yeah. measure it. So maybe this thing would, because it's a noise." Who knows? Yeah. So maybe this. 
So, All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, voice, voice is called. Voices call is complicated, um, so it's uh, EMF radiation, but it gets translated, it gets absorbed by, 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 by your head, by your flesh, essentially, and gets transmitted to something that's audibly perceptible. Now, so using a microphone, using, using a, you know, Audacity isn't, to my knowledge, going to pick up B2K. Wow. Um, but what he can pick up is um, these lower frequencies, and you know, I'll be able to explain this a little better. But the lower frequencies, they they tend to make the surfaces of the head resonate, and what you can oh. pick up is sort of those frequencies bouncing off walls, or inter- I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, interacting with those walls, uh, creating that sound. Um, so that's what he's able to pick up. Um, now there are different types of attacks. Some people. Some people swear it's acoustic. Uh, other people say it's just EMF. Um, the problem is that one can cause the other, or at least EMF can, co- can induce acoustic sounds. Um, but uh, we can get into that uh, a different, I guess, time. But uh, the microphone does work. Uh, it does work especially to measure um, your body's interaction. So uh, I would get hit in the chest a lot to make my heart rate you know, fly up to... 190 beats per minute, and uh, microphone taped to your chest works really well for that. You know, there's no reason why when you're shooting down, your heart rate should be 190 beats per minute. Um, Ooh, but, do you uh, record the heartbeat, the heart rate? Uh huh. When, when I'm sleeping, I'll be in the, I'll be in the middle of a sleep, and when I'm asleep, my heartbeat drops down to about 45 to about 48, and uh, every every two hours on a dot, uh, to the minute, uh, my heart races to about 90. For unexplained reasons, and uh, I have it all on. Uh, I have it all recorded. How are so? How are you recording? What do you got? Just like a, a stethoscope or something? How are nope. you doing that? So uh, Ed Gilman, Ed Gilman, Gilman, well, I recommend uh, um, just using a Sony recorder. Uh, okay. Mine is um, it's like the sixty dollar one, Amazon. Type in Sony recorder, will pop up. But I just have the microphone just. Um, just take to my chest over my heart and um you know that's ah, hard. well that's simple and effective very and it good for 48 hours so um you know it has pretty good battery life okay well that's super good to know and and i'll go hey are you going to do a dedicated call for the other thing that's going on the other project do you think it's yeah, point or <laughs> yeah when i have my bearings i'm a little uh stretched to with a bunch of I things know. to do. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, will call, I will call you. Um, well, I, I'll send you an email, uh, but we can do chat about some other things. No, no, no. That, that's okay. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate the help. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Ella. That's fun. Thanks, Sean. I'm going to go to Massachusetts now. Thanks, Ella. Do you have your speaker on in the background, Sean? Um, I don't think so. Okay, sometimes it's someone else's. Hold on. Um, Massachusetts, you're on the line. Hi, Ella. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hi, this is Brenda. I have a question in regards to the computer. I'm sorry if you've already um, said this. I'm just getting on. But um, I'm not able to get into my computer at all. They changed my password, and I go to the library and reset it. I come back home, and I can't get in again. Um, Do you have any recommendations? 
So do you use Windows or a Mac? I use Windows, Windows 8, and it's um, DSL connected with a modem. The password you're talking about is for your login into Windows? Yeah. yeah. Well, to the computer itself. So there's a way to bypass it. I'm just trying to look it up right now just to make sure because I haven't done it in a while. But um, let's see. Oops. You can probably hear that, can't you? So, to reset your password, let's see. I'm going to have to, uh, can I get back to you by email on that? Or actually, I can't. I guess I can't email you unless you have a different means of accessing your email. So, do, can I contact you by by email, or is there do we prefer an alternate way of contact? Like, can you follow up on this? Um, email is fine. Uh, does Ella know it, or do you want to say it on a call? Um, she has it, but I don't know if she knows it. Um, why right. don't you do me a favor, just send me a quick email, and then I'll forward it to him. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, every operating system, Windows 8 and so forth, uh, even the earlier ones, they all have a slightly different way of recovering the password or bypassing the 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 um, the login password, so I just don't remember all of them and which one is specific to Windows 8 at the moment. Well, it looks like we have no more questions, so if you'd like, you know, if you want to hang up and do something else, that's great. Otherwise, maybe we can just open it up for some discussion if you like. It's up to you. Sure. The one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, so these people they love to study patterns and your your method your of typing on the keyboard is its own language so it only takes about 6000 words for an algorithm to pick up you know 6000 words and then reading what what you wrote to figure out um what is the language of your hand typing on the keyboard so it can pretty much decipher you know are you typing an e or an a and so forth and it, it it's fairly it's, it's really, really impressive uh, um, software, if you will. So when you're typing in passwords, the one thing I would recommend is to uh, alter your cadence uh, or even the strength at which you um, hit that key um, because, you know, these devices, uh, the software can easily pick up uh, or interpret what you're typing just based on the sound alone. West Washington, I just unmuted you. Did you have one more, one last question? West Washington, I just unmuted you. Did you have one, one last question?
And New York, do you have a question real quickly before you depart? Uh, yes, I did about root kits. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I uh, thank you. I um, they bypass all passwords and routers, and I think they're a really big problem because they're not detectable. They're, I believe, deep in the registry. Is there any way to combat those? Because you can see if you change a password instantly, um, they have access to your computer again. Passwords really don't hold anything back or anybody back because I can. Most of my passwords are 40, 45 characters long, and they're not. They can't be broken according to the website where you can test them. But these rootkits. Um, I'd like to hear anything that Sean has to say about these and how we can deal with them. Um, so once you're in the registry, things get a lot more complicated. Um, and I'm familiar with some of the older uh, versions of Windows, how to remove things uh, using you know, your, your DOS terminal. Um, but I can't really speak to some of the newer uh, you know, Trojans, Snoopers, uh, viruses you can see your registry nowadays. I use um, Windows 7. I'd have to I'd have to physically be with your computer. Uh, okay. I spoke with a person at a PC computing system where there were three very young fellows that were very, very smart, and they said, no matter what you do, they're immediately going to re-implant anything that you remove, so it's really a waste of time. Right. And my understanding is, um, my impression is that your computer is is not secure at all times. Right? Like it's not physically, it's not your computer isn't physically secured at all times. Uh, there's no no computer that's secure at all times, as far as I'm concerned. With these people, I, I'm just they referring to physical access to the computer. Um, yeah, I, I have physical access to my computer, but um, they also do too. Right. So even if you go ahead and you uh, were to find uh, all of these nefarious programs in your registry and remove them, if they still retain physical access, then installing a program, you know, it would be really easy for them. It would be almost a waste of your time to go through the, the financial resources and time to uh, have these experts remove it because. So we just have to deal with them and um, wait for them to allow us to control our own computer whenever they feel like this happening. We have really no recourse the way it seems to me. Am I correct? Well, just remember, you can always, uh, unless they ex unless they, they place some sort of um, communication, secondary communication uh, interface, like a, like a different um uh, modem in your, in your computer, then the easiest, easiest production you have for yourself is just disconnect from, from your Wi-Fi or unplug from, you know, unplug the Ethernet, um, because most of these attacks come through uh, either those two or even Bluetooth. Yes, because they access my computer by four or five other Wi-Fi accounts, and um, I use cable modem. I thought I would avoid that, but no, they have total access, really. So if you're if you're working on your you know on uh, let's say a book, um, just unplug. I mean you don't you don't have to be online to do that. So um, and you should you should find it. Uh, I would hope you'd find it. The tampering would stop. 
just unplug what I'm. I I use a lot of a lot of times I'm offline, but yet they're online. They're in my computer even if I'm offline. They operate my computer even if it's turned off. So this is with this is with your Ethernet or in Wi-Fi turned off and all Bluetooth all Bluetooth devices turned off as well. Yes. Hmm. I'm I'm in the advanced category. Aren't I so lucky? <laughs> you know, I think they have. If we work at different levels, then they have ways to work with us at the level and above that we work at. If we're just simple in email in and out and this kind of thing, I don't think they have uh, the nefarious programs that you speak about, like some of us have going on. So, um, can you try an experiment for me? Could you, uh, at some point, uh, restart your computer and um, boot it up in safe mode, and uh, safe mode with networking? And um, let me know if you still have that uh, interference by the perps. So to do that, you would just turn off with networking. I'll try it someday. Yep. So you just, when you start up your computer, just hold down the uh, F8 key. Uh-huh. And um, uh, usually, safe mode with networking is the it's the middle option. So it's the second option on the screen. So you would have to hit uh, the down key once or twice, and then uh, mm-hmm. hit enter, and it'll take you into that safe mode with networking and, and see how that goes. Uh, I'm wondering if it's a, a program that's in the, the startup protocol. But uh, yeah, send me an email. We can talk about it offline. Thank you very much, Sean. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Ella. You're welcome, Luda. Maybe I'll end the call a little bit early, too, if that's okay. Otherwise, um, if anybody wants to have a discussion or anything like that before I get off, which is going to be about 15, 20 minutes, just go ahead and hit star 8, and we'll get you in on the call. Quiet tonight. Everyone's quiet. So, are you making a turkey, Ella, for Thanksgiving? Um, I'm lucky this year. Mother-in-law is going to make everything, so I'm very. I mean, I don't have to do that. So. We just have to worry about getting there. There's a lot of snow and everything like that that's been dumped into the pass that we drive to get over there. So we'll have to wait a little bit. So, go. How about yourself? Uh, well, so I got invited to make an appetizer, I guess, um, and that's really unusual for the, we're going to, um, girlfriend's family, but I guess I don't want anyone to bring anything except for me, if you say Larry really liked my appetizer last year, but I said, it's annoying, so I don't want to cook, but, so, and of course I go overboard, so I'm doing like a, I'm doing bruschetta, marinated mozzarella, and, um, uh, a muffaletta, all of the spread, um, as an appetizer to bring over, but. Of course, it's complicated. It's going to take me a long time. Not excited for it. No, you could just bring over a bag of Doritos and call it good. You know that, right? Yeah, but I mean, they. I'm like the only one that gets invited to bring an appetizer because they really enjoy what I make. So. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, guys. Well, then I guess I'm going to end the call. I just want to say um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Be safe, and then. Um, Saturday we'll have a call. It'll probably be multi-moderator, something fun, I'm sure. Um, and take care. And you guys can always email me or call me anytime. And-
And on that note, I'm going to go ahead and end the call. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Sean. Thank yep, you very no much. Thank you. Thank yep. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.